Welcome to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. This week on the show, my guests are Joanne O'Sullivan and Jonathan Simkin. Why do I have the mic that looks different? Why? Because I'm a Jew? You're singling me I, out? I mean, I wanted kind to classify anti-Semitic it. kind of shit's I going like, on. I, that's not a Catholic mic. I can't. Yeah, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Roman Catholic raised also, so that is what this is. Yeah. You're okay, right, John. Good. Just want to confirm. <laughs> it's, it's good to get the racism out of the way first. Right yep. the and then we can just settle into the rest of the conversation, whatever that may be. Hey, man, I didn't choose to be chosen. I just was. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't my uh, doing. <laughs> Well, it's good to know that you're Catholic, too. Now I know what kind of hang-ups we both have. Are we recording now? Catherine Elizabeth O'Sullivan. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> the most Irish Roman Catholic name of all time. It is. Yeah. We are recording now, right, Andy? Cool. Oh, so how much of that Jew all of it. did you? Okay, as good. much as you want. Good. And I assume you want all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Joanne. Thank you for having me. You are here from Toronto. I am. You're just doing a festival on Victoria. Yes. In Victoria. What was the festival called? It was called Uno Fest. Okay. Uh, run by Intrepid Theater based out of Victoria. Okay. Uno, like U-N-O or U-M-O? U-N-O. Uno. Uno. Like. Uno One, so it's a solo theater festival. So okay. It's a little on the nose ah. with the name. <laughs> yep. Nothing wrong with uh, that. Branding. Yeah. yeah. Marketing. Yeah. And were you there more or less representing your podcast? No, I uh, I have a solo show called She Grew Funny. Okay. And I applied uh, two years ago to get mm-hmm. into the festival, and at that time they said it wasn't quite thematically like I guess they they bring in shows internationally yeah. based on themes. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite fit, but they liked the show, so they said give us a call next year, and I did, and they, they brought me in. So that was before I started the podcast. But it was oh, a okay. coincidence that yeah. I got brought in and I could meet you guys. Right, and your podcast is yes. the first third-party content on this label. Yay, very yeah. excited. Thank you for that. Of yeah. course. I think that's why I'm here today. Exactly. Yay. Also because I own the label, and every so often I just need attention and... and <laughs> You know, that's Every the only reason so I started a label was <laughs> to force myself into things like this. Exactly. And you're doing a great job of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on every episode yeah, at I some point. I always walk by. Oh, yes. really? Oh, that's funny. Well, at some point you have to stand up and walk. I yeah, want go that. Out there. I want we need that consistency. Well, the very first one we did was in our studio, which is in another part of the building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that went fine. But, like, I love this so much more because it gives that, like, you're almost like you're in the CNN newsroom with yes. people sort of walking behind you. Yeah. Of course, the people here walking behind us are... Slightly different clientele. Yes. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's, it, gives, uh, it gives people something else to look at other than our ugly mugs. <laughs> well, I, like the, I like the natural light. Yeah. I think it's flattering. So. Well, there that's you go. good. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your podcast is? Yes, yeah, so my podcast is called Just For Once. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, about 12, between 15 and 12 years ago, I was... A I was a stand-up comic, a pretty established stand-up. I would say I was a solid middle. Okay. Like I was uh, just sort of breaking uh, out. I was performing about five times a week. Okay. And somebody hired me to write on a television show. Amazing. Uh, It was amazing. And that led to a pretty good career over the last decade. Yeah. Um, And, but because of that, I stopped doing stand-up. And I missed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Missed the live performing. Um, I still did some solo shows, but I had to like pull back because to truly be a real stand-up, you have to be out at least three or four times a night to make sure you're turning over new material, etc. Yeah. However, my daughter just turned nine, and I was thinking how much I missed performing. Yeah. 
this is about six or seven months ago, mm -hmm. and I thought, I'm going to start doing stand-up again. Yeah. And maybe the thing that will make sure I keep doing it is if I start a podcast that follows myself going back out into the world right. and doing stand-up. And I called it Just For Once because at the time, 12 years ago, my dream had been to do Just For Laughs. I think everybody, that was kind of everybody's goal. Yeah. Um, so the take was this podcast will last until I get a gala at, ah. at, at just for ah, that's which, you know, that could be years. Like I'm going to be transparently, I, that could be, that could be years. So the podcast is essentially me talking about premises. I'm going to, cause when I was doing stand up before, yeah. I was single, mm -hmm. I was dating, it yeah. was about all of those things. Yeah. Now I'm married, yeah. I have a nine-year-old daughter, so it's been a real journey just even to figure out what I think is funny. Like, yeah. what, I, what is funny to me? Like, what is my comedy? Who am I as a comic? Wow. And so it tracks all of that, and it's been really fun. Like, I have an email address, and people are, like, I'll tell them the premises I'm going to try, and people will give me input on. They'll give you tags and stuff? Not tags. They'll be like, you shouldn't do that premise. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But then I take them to the, like, I, I tape oh, every, that's oh, okay, I tape every set, yeah. and I let them hear. Wow. So you really, it really is a comedy podcast in the truest sense yeah. where you're at literally workshopping material on the show. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, and I'm honest, like I, I let them hear me bombing. I let them hear me <laughs> succeeding. There's a few people who remember me from back in the day who have given me mm -hmm. amazing opportunities to do bigger shows, which I appreciate. Yeah. But I'm also doing like, you know, those those open mics that are yeah. five comics in a room. Yeah, you're just <laughs> and, and had you literally not done any of I, that in that 10 or whatever I years? I literally had not. What I had done is the solo show. So she grew funny. I started, I wrote, and I and that's, it's a, it's, it's a funny show, but it's kind of rides the line. It's a bit of a serious, more serious theme, but it's obviously, because I'm a comic, it's funny as well. Mm -hmm. But it was doing that solo show at Toronto Fringe yep. that reminded me how much I miss stand-up. So straight-up stand-up, I had not been doing for at yeah. least a decade. Wow. wow. So, and you know, now I'm always the oldest comic in the room. I don't know any, like all of my friends who started with me either have made it, so they're no longer in the open mics, mm -hmm. or they quit. Um, so it's been a real interesting yeah. adventure. What do you notice that's different about the stand-up scene since you were last in it? Wow, that's a great question. There's so, so many things. Mm -hmm. um, we're, in a, we're in a moment in time right now where the question is, what are you allowed to make jokes about? Like, mm -hmm. it's a real, Yeah. there's a lot of, um, and, and some of this is good. I, I can't find the right word, but maybe policing of what comics yeah. do, you know, for being sure. taped and then people. Well, the social justice warriors are out looking yeah. for reasons to get angry. Oh, you don't like they that? Got, they got angry me. at me. I got driven off the internet last oh, year. Oh, did you? You didn't know that? Oh, God. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's going to leave it No, no. I have I was to. waiting. Because like, it's the kind of thing where it, it could be the beginning of a rant, and I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I am coming back to social media uh, fairly soon, but I've right. been off since I made an, a tweet in July that rubbed a few people the wrong way. Okay. Yes. Okay, well, I'll be sure to Google it. Yes, please do. <laughs> I'm sure I can During find that. During the show, if you want, then you can yell at him if you feel like yeah. it. Yes. Okay. So, so there's, <laughs> I mean, for, for me personally, like I'm a storyteller, uh, like my standup is long form, so it's never been, I've never really been an off, offen, offensive comic. I don't even know what that means. I mm -hmm. appreciate people who push those boundaries. I yep. think that kind of comedy is necessary. I think yeah. comedy's job is to 
asked questions and to, For sure. yeah. I think also if somebody says this word upsets me, then I think we could also stop. I think there's a balance, right? Like yeah, I think there's sure. a, a balance. But so almost everybody who knows that I'm doing this mm -hmm. asks me, where do you draw the line? Like, right. Where do you draw the line? What do you think you can make jokes about? And that question mm -hmm. was not in the zeitgeist like no. between 12 yeah. and 15 years And I mean, ago. that even three years ago wouldn't have been in the, I mean, really, totally. it's the, the Me Too, Harvey Weinstein thing that kind of... Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I have such mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I think it, I understand why it happened. Yeah. And I think anybody who doesn't understand why it happened has been living under a fucking rock. Yeah. But now it seems like it's gone to such an extreme. And I'm losing track of what the point is now. Is the point the, that momentary good feeling you get to kick the shit out of somebody online? Is that the point? Where does it all go and that's where I'm confused at this point like yeah everybody jumped on Ryan Adams okay I get it he did something stupid it yeah. came out but I remember looking like three weeks after it came out and there's just people and it's not like I like Ryan Adams couldn't give a shit mm -hmm. not even that much of a fan of his music yeah but it was like okay we kicked the living shit out of him I guess it, to the extent that part of the point is you don't deserve a career okay mission accomplished but wow like what where does it all lead now is it and and because the ramifications and the consequences are so horrible for people and there's no guidelines really about oh this guy we're going to destroy and mm -hmm. this guy we're not or i mean yeah. i just i think i i mean i think some people deserve the ramifications that For they're sure. getting like i think that's mm -hmm. that's just you did that shitty thing and you're gonna you should something should happen to you but i also think when when the world shifts when ideology shifts like the pendulum has to shift really far yeah, absolutely like to make to make it move incrementally it has to like shift so far yeah and then that'll make the needle move a little bit and yeah that's a really good point yeah. Yeah. Well, like no, I agree, and that's what I hope is happening: is that I we're going to settle into something in the middle where it's just like, that's okay, the world's a bit of a better place now because this all happened. Yeah. But we can get back to not having to be so goddamn sensitive about every fucking word that comes out of people's mouths. Like, to me, you draw the line at violence. Like, there should be no reason that people can't say anything on their mind. Mm. People will disagree with me on that. That's fine. But it's like I, I said at the time this was all happening to me with that Twitter thing. It's like, you know, look, I'm Jewish. Uh, if somebody was going to, if the Nazis were going to have a parade right in front of my office, you know what? I'd support it. Just mm -hmm. like I'd support my right to hang my head out the window and say, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, when we start to curtail people, what people say, whoa, where are we? What? Mm. Uh, that's where I start to get freaked out. I don't know, though. I mean, there's an argument that the whole free speech, there is a lot of hatred that, that people say, I should be allowed to say shrouded in this free speech. And I do think there has to be some checks and balances. Although, with also as a comic, mm -hmm. I also think people should push boundaries. So yeah. the kind of rule that I go by is you can say whatever you want, but you have to be willing to take the repercussions. Like you can't toe those lines and not know that you're going to make people angry. Yeah. So if you're going to try to toe those lines and you're willing to take the repercussions, then mm -hmm. go for it. Like, but what did you think of, say, something like what happened to Aziz Ansari where 
you sort of look yeah. at that and you kind of go, hmm. Because I kind of looked at him and went, okay, he definitely comes across like a douchebag. Yeah. He definitely came across like the worst date ever. Yeah. And a guy who was, you know, taking advantage a bit of his celebrity. Yeah. But did he deserve that? You know, I... Maybe he did. I don't know. I'm just asking a question. I think in the broader context... So I don't... I've, I've read that story. I read what she wrote about him. I can't remember all the details right now. Mm-hmm. I agree that at least in what was written... It sounded like he behaved badly, but they were on a date. Like, I can't remember all the details, but I do think yeah. in the broader, like, Me Too moment context, like, in terms of this pendulum swinging, so few people are outed for behaving badly. Mm. Um, that's definitely changing, that I do think examples will be made of some people who have greater celebrity right just to send a message about what's appropriate now and for every aziz there's 500 women who haven't said anything yeah totally. like, like for for every pert guy who's for every man who's maybe been accused of of too much and and i'm, I'm saying that not quite remembering all the details yeah, of yeah. that thing there's a there's 500 you know women who had to deal with something and got no help or totally were believed or so so you know are some people going to be on the receiving end of being accused of something that maybe they didn't do probably because that's probably going to happen and that you know that's not a great thing but i think the slice of that pie is much smaller than the slice of pie that very few women have any i'd love to see anything a woman has gained from accusing somebody wrongly totally like what is the thing that you gain from that Mm -hmm. there is no win like that woman she probably dealt with a lot more than him that's a good point like there's no there is no win for women to Mm -hmm. accuse somebody. yeah and as soon as i come back online the people who did it to me are gonna have some (laughs) stuff to deal with as well let me tell you i have to i don't know what what well i mean without getting to all the great teachers i mean i think the thing that was interesting is that I wasn't accused of doing anything. I just made a very tasteless joke online, uh, and and it blew up in my. And I apologized for it online. Okay. But nonetheless, it's still you know, and it's like that to me is a part I have trouble with, where it's like, well, there's no conduct that actually separate from the words. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, even I mean, even this conversation to go back to the original question about how comedy has changed, even mm-hmm. the, this conversation we're all kind of being careful around like yeah. what I don't want to say anything that how does it sound what I'm saying and that is the big change in comedy is that for sure that that thread of being careful and is is everywhere and I don't think that's going to last forever I think there's some real benefits to that absolutely there is and in some context it's gone too far but I think that pendulum will find the right pl- I think it'll swing into a into a good place I hope so. I think you're right, though. Like, I feel like some things had to happen, even in the Canadian music industry. Some people, you know, the truth about how they've been treating people came out. And it's it's affecting... Uh, the, the thing I think he's worried about is it affecting art to where people are not going to 
make edgy art anymore. Yeah, and, and I and I I do I well also just affecting free speech, which I know. Yeah. See, the problem with the free speech thing is that some people hide under that and they use it in shitty ways to justify all sorts of shitty yeah. behavior. I'm not for that either. Hate speech is hate speech. Although, again, to me, the check and balance is the ability to call somebody out. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I mean, it's that example I gave. Like, you know, would I really be okay with Nazis having a rally in front of me? Well, obviously that would be upsetting and would be brutal. But I, w- I guarantee you I would be hanging my head out the window and probably going out there and confronting them. Not yeah. not physically, yeah. verbally. Yeah. That to me is the ultimate check. The fact that everybody has a right to call everybody else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the bullying kind of 8 million people ganging up on one person at well, once, that, kicking I mean, the shit out totally. of them. Totally. The pile on culture. And then moving culture. on to yeah. the next yeah, thing. Yeah, the pile like, on culture is, is, bizarro is bizarre to me. and it's awful. And it takes out some of the legalities that should come first. And it takes out the mm. dialogue. There's no longer yeah. a dialogue. It's That's just true. about kicking the shit out of someone. That's yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and again, I hate to keep going back to myself, but it's like, you know, I wish there had been more dialogue in that thing that happened with me. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. I very quickly was like, okay, I, no matter what I say at this point, it's going to just make it worse. I'm sorry. I'm guilty. Peace out. Yeah. You know, then you go and you come back when you can. And I mean, and the truth is, I mean, my career has been quite the opposite. Our company is incredibly inclusive. Yeah. Our, I was a refugee lawyer for the first five years of my career. Yeah. I made a living getting people, including Palestinians, for the record, into Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, the woman who opened the first gay um, booking agency, where'd she get her start? 604 Me. Records. I hired her. Yeah. You know, um, Emma Higgins, Juno-nominated video director, where'd she get her start? Me. I hired her as an in-house videographer. Like, my record is impeccable. Yeah. And it's not even because I was trying. I just hire people who I think are good for the job. Yeah. I've never looked at the world in terms of color. I don't give a fuck. I yeah. just don't give a fuck. So it's like, all of that was lost in this. I made one tasteless joke yeah nobody even people like cbc who you'd expect aren't they journalists nope it's just clickbait all right this is the clickbait for the day everybody pile on and then three days later jacob from headley's arrested for uh, rape and it's like okay move on to jacob yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah it's complicated episode of this podcast (laughs) ever is it really absolutely no you're so edgy i'm a real rock star I'm not that edgy. Well, I'm totally not edgy at all, but I'm happy to be edgy. <laughs> uh, let's, let's start that rumor. Joanne, no, no, that comic. dude's edgy. That's an edgy guy. That's an edgy dude. Yeah. That looks like someone you had to work with as a lawyer before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the other change I will say, since we're talking about opportunity, is there's a lot more women in comedy than when I was doing it 15 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and funny women, like just, I mean, there was mm-hmm. always, always funny women, but the women, like, they're so. I see there's so many young women doing mm-hmm. comedy yeah. Yeah. and amazing, funny young women. And yeah. so that's been really fun for me because when I first started out, there was, there was a few of us, yeah. but there wasn't a ton. And so that's been super fun. Yeah. Um, seeing how that has shifted as well. Yeah. Was it like riding a bike? Like when you went back up for the first time after you hadn't done it in so long, or were you like so nervous or was it like, Oh yeah, I remember this. This is easy. And yeah, that's a that's a funny question. If you listen to my podcast, <laughs> you can hear my very first time. But so it was a funny thing. Like when I was nervous, there was a few times when I felt nervous, and I kind of addressed this, I think, at one point. And those would be really good shows. But there was also 
sometimes I'd be going up and I wouldn't be nervous. I would just be like, I'm just doing an open mic and and those weren't good shows. Like I had to refine the I had to refine the nerves almost, like yeah. the excitement of it. Like you kind of get to a point where it's like people don't laugh. Nah, no one died. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. But I had to get reinvested in that it can be really scary and wanting it to go, really wanting it to go well. So on, on some, when, when it's going well, it's like on a bike. It's just oh, yeah. like that thing that happens with the audience, which is what drove me back. Mm-hmm. It was like riding a bike, but I did have to find my stand-up persona again, okay. I guess. Like, it took a moment for me to find the thing that overtakes me that made me good. Yeah. yeah. And when that thing doesn't come in, yeah. and I don't know if it's the same with music, if, mm-hmm. you, if you don't have that, that little fire, you just don't have the same kind of show, and it took me a moment to find yeah. that again. Like, Did it yeah. feel like you were up there kind of like doing an impression of a comedian and before you felt natural about That's it? That's a good, way, it's a good yeah. way of doing it. And I'm not good at impressions. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what I learned. Like I'm not an impression comic. Yeah. So yes, it kind of felt like that. Yeah. And now I would say the, the joy is back. And with that is the nerves. Like that's part of the joy is feel, if you're just going up and you don't really care. Mm-hmm. It's not that I didn't care. It's really hard for me to explain, but it's ba- now it's like riding a bike. I feel like I've come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that just for laughs still the dream or is it like... You know, I felt like when I started the podcast, I needed an end goal. Like, I needed the thing I was striving for. I think that's a for. cool narrative. Yeah. Because then the, the listeners can come on the journey with you. Exactly. And so, I think so. I mean, I'm doing stand-up again, and that's not a bad goal. I feel kind of bad now that I hope, like, Winnipeg doesn't think I'm not appreciative <laughs> or something. Or <laughs> like, I'll do any of the big festivals. Like, anybody who wants me, I'll yeah. go do it. Um, but, you know... But I think so. Like I, I've, you know, I've emailed with them, and they're still trying to. They want me to send them a demo, and mm-hmm. I don't have one that I feel comfortable with yet. Yeah. Um. So we'll see if I do that this year. This year, I just might go, and like interview people for the like just be in the background and yeah. sort of interview people and talk to people mm-hmm. as part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think so. I think that's a pretty good goal. I'd totally. love to do it. Yep. Always had wanted to. What was the adjustment like switching to writing for TV? That, you know, it's funny. I had a, I had a slow ease in on that. So mm-hmm. somebody had saw me doing stand-up and asked me to punch up their series. And awesome. Th- now we're talking like, yeah, I guess about 13 years ago. So I literally was given scripts and I was just asked to punch them up. So that was pretty easy for me because it was literally yeah. just joke writing, which is what I, I had already done. Mm-hmm. And then they asked me, oh, we like your joke writing. Do you want to write a script? And, and can you write a script? Like for one episode of that show? Yes. Yeah. And I said, of course I can write a script. Yeah. And then I went and bought a book on how to write a script. <laughs> 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 so, you little hustler. I you. know, I did. So, well, that's what I did. Yep. And then uh, the showrunner on that show, um, her name is Claire Austin, and she uh, literally took my terrible script. And <laughs> really, I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't like in terms of like beginning, middle, end, and narrative. And, yep. and she helped me um, make that into something real. And then... 
so then I, that so it, it was an adjustment. But then I went right into this hour is twenty minutes, and then I kind of got into sketch writing, and that yeah. was closer to home again. Like that was more like stand up. So. Yeah, yeah, that shows like a Canadian staple, and it's so set up punch that I feel like it's good for stand ups to write on it. Yeah, and there are a lot of stand ups now writing on it. Yeah, yeah, it, everybody kind of funnels through that show. Are <laughs> like, you still doing writing, or is are you? I just finished. Well, actually, interestingly, yeah. Uh, kind of connected to you guys in a way is that I got hired to do so th I just finished the last gig at CBC yep. uh, at the end of December and I wrote on a show called From the Vaults. Okay. So From oh, yeah. the Vaults is a music documentary yes. show. So essentially they hired three writers to go into their vaults yeah. and I was allowed to watch all of the music footage from the 50s to the 90s. It's incredible what they oh, have. Oh, cool. Wow. It Everything was, from Johnny Cash to Bob Dylan to Leonard Cohen. To, it's, it's crazy. It's very first Whoa. time. It was amazing. And so, I mean, I interviewed for this job and they said we, you know, they liked, they'd seen some of my other writing and, and they liked my storytelling. And I'm like, but I'm not a doc writer, but they liked me. So mm. I got to write 10 10 minute docs and oh. then the, and the three other writers and all the docs got made into um six episodes four docs per and uh so i did that and that might be having a season two we're still waiting to find out about that but we've developed season two and waiting to find out if it's actually going to, to season there's so. a company and i'm not sure how much of this i'm allowed to talk about so i'll keep it vague-ish but there's a vancouver company who's working with cbc where they're going back through all of that stuff and they're yep. going to start re-releasing it and it's fascinating because yeah. they showed me some of the stuff they're working on because what's beautiful about it is, so you take something like Bob Dylan, they have all this amazing like Bob Dylan foot, but then they've also got tons of photographs from that session. They've got stuff that he wrote for that. So they're going to be releasing the stuff in these sort of box sets that yeah. have everything, wow. yeah. which is, if you're a fan of any of those mm -hmm. artists, it's like, Well, that's yeah. amazing because one of the things that we found were so many interviews, but because our series was based on, so you had one great moment. So that sounds like more like um, autobiographical. Ours was like, find one great moment in time and do a 10 minute doc what what was happening at that time. And it had to be music, it had to be a performance. Yeah. But so at, on the flip side, there was all these great interviews that didn't have a performance attached to them. Mm -hmm. I was like, I hope someday these get released because it was just amazing. Yeah. They, they had a, um, uh, so do you remember Fat and Blonde? Yeah. <laughs> so they followed them on a bus and they had all the the b-roll still like all of wow. the from this they they did a tour with them so yeah. they were on this bus and teaching people how to do their hair and do like all this stuff it's just like gold yeah like yeah canadian music and to some uh, degree comedy yeah yeah <laughs> gold so that was a super fun fun show so i yeah. did that i have a few things that i'm working on right now mm -hmm. um I'm so it's more contract stuff than being like writing for one entity that you're yeah i tend to always land at cbc somehow but i'm i'm contract to contract so okay. i just got high. so right now i'm helping a company develop um a television show just doing like the pitching and okay. so yeah so interesting good. yeah yeah wow what um, were there anyone that you wrote with on those shows that are, are still doing stand-up also? Because it seems like a lot of people, when they start getting into writing, maybe it's kind of like how you stop doing stand-up. Yeah. And then 
So it, it seems like a tough balance because those writer rooms are like 12 hour days, right? Yeah, well, that's why I stopped. When I was on 22 Minutes, um, Jen Whalen okay. was my head writer. Yeah. Also my friend from high school. Wow. Yeah. So she's now one of the Baronesses. Right. So oh. I wrote with with her. I did. I was. Um, I did. What What did they call me? Um, a contributing writer for season three. Okay. Just before I started the from the vaults gig. Mm -hmm. So so she's still performing. Like she yep. she was amazing. She kind of well she never did stand up though. She went up through um, Second City and was an improviser, and a sketch artist. Yeah. Um, I started with people like Deborah Di Giovanni. Yep. Yeah. So she her and I pretty much started at the exact same. Now she. Obviously, did not great. quit. She's doing amazing. Why we were just talking? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Her name just came because up. Because she's on the Snowden tour sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, so she's great. I, I started with. I'm trying to think of who I. I don't think so. Like a lot of the rooms that I wrote in, weren't stand. Weren't a lot of stand-ups. Yeah. Was Even Dean Jenkinson. Yeah. He wrote on 22 Minutes with me, and he still writes on 22 Minutes. And I believe he's one of the main bookers for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Did you write for that show when Nathan Fielder was on it? Yes, yes, I Love was. Nathan. Do you know him? No. His show, he's from Vancouver. Yeah, he's Nathan amazing. for you is the funniest show. You yeah. would love it. It's amazing. It's Sorry, where is it on? It's on CBC? Well, no, that's on Comedy Central. He ah. lives in the States now. The show, the show is amazing. Mm -hmm. the, basically, the premise is Nathan, uh, like the opening sequence is him bragging about how he went to business school and got really good grades and it shows his report card and it was like really mediocre grades. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he gets brought in by failing businesses to help rejuvenate the, the company. But his ideas are all like Stupid. really off the wall. Yeah, like yeah. there was a failing yogurt shop in Hollywood. So he suggested that they implement a shit flavored frozen yogurt oh so people God. would be like that can't be serious and they'd all go and try it and be like this does taste terrible and he's like yeah that's what it is and so things like that yeah, yeah. and then he did the he did one which you'll find interesting as a lawyer because he wanted to there's a, a mom and pop coffee shop across the street from starbucks in hollywood and they're failing because of starbucks so he suggested that they just call their shop dumb starbucks and so it's just oh, under remember. parody law yeah. He considered the business an art gallery, and it's all the same stuff Starbucks has, except with the word dumb in front <laughs> of it. So it's like dumb Nora Jones duets, yeah, dumb yeah, Venti yeah. America. It was great. That's so funny. Yeah, it's brilliant. He was great. When, when, when I was on 22 Minutes, he had this great deal where, so there was the writers, and then there were the actors, and they all worked together. But he was alone. He had his own little team, and he did these like three- or four-minute vignettes where yeah. they just went out around Halifax. So I think... That's when that kind of started for him, this crazy ideas and doing yeah. these, these short forms. Didn't he do a version of, of that show like on? Yes. So cool. Yeah. I gotta see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's brilliant. It was very funny. Yeah. It's like such off-the-wall thinking. Yeah, that's and his he, thing. And he was in an improv troupe in Vancouver with Seth Rogen. So oh, really? So he's in Seth Rogen movies like all the time. Like you know what writer. I was laughing about? I just happened to watch the Nardwar interview with Seth Rogen, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I didn't even know had happened. It just showed up in my suggested for you YouTube thing or whatever. Yeah. And so many people they talk about are people we know. I know. Like Adrian Glynn, yeah. who was in the um, high school um, comedy troupe that yeah. Seth was in. He's a guy signed to our label. I'm like, shit, I knew musician, they knew each yeah. other, but yeah. they really knew each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah. That, 
Yeah, because it's it's funny too because on the movie Super Bad, they're referencing all streets like by my apartment. Like, oh, it's so funny. You know, so we'll meet you on Granville and Twelve. Like, you know that <laughs> whole thing. It's great. Did you grow up in Toronto? I grew up forty-five minutes north of Toronto. Oh, don't tell me. So Barry. Oh, you're cl- you're about. Or like, Medante. Aurelia. If you go between Barry, Barry, Chut- Bolton. Okay. I was hoping Earl Medonte just because I like saying Earl it's Medonte. It's a good name. It's a good name. <laughs> Sounds like a toothpaste or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like with ex- Earl Medonte with extra whitener. You or know, it's like a- an yeah. animal. It reminds me of an alpaca or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Well, like- m- my wife's from Aurelia. Oh, okay. So we would so- always do that drive from Toronto and I'd be yeah. like, Earl Medonte line five. <laughs> Earl Medonte line six. Like, what the fuck is Earl Medonte <laughs> anyway? What the- so for both you have to swing a little bit west right. before you, yeah. So right. that's the that's the difference. It was an eight thousand person town when I grew up. Now it's essentially a subdivision of Toronto. Like well, that whole area is like just one giant. Yeah. Like even the the difference between Aurelia and Barry's kind of nebulous at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's all ble- bleeding into one another. It's sad. Mm. We used to snowmobile all over, tons of fields. Do you have a cottage. No, we didn't have a cottage. Because you kind of, your place was kind of a cottage. Well, yeah, it was. And we were campers. We are like, and just recently, last summer, my husband and I bought it. Because I romanticize camping now because mm-hmm. I remember it from being a kid. Yeah. And so now we have a tent and we camped. Kilbear Park. Do you know where that no. is? It's kind of. See, this there. is a thing. I, I, I mean, I've been with my wife for God a long time, uh, like 25 years long. And um, for the most part, get along great. The one thing we argue about is the cottage. Oh, really? Because I hate it. And after all these years, now my kids love it, and I have no, I don't want to begrudge them their opportunity to run around all summer and, yeah. and jump in the lake and do all that stuff. But for me, it feeds into every bit of Jewish neurosis <laughs> that I have. Like, I'm serious. It's like, you know, it's like there's no privacy. There's no curtains for some reason. I still don't understand why there's no leaves, curtains. Leaves well, are the curtains. We get up with the sun. Curtains. We yes. get up with the sun. Yeah, that's nice for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't get up with the sun. I go to bed when the, you know, like, it's yeah. like, come on, give me a fucking break. And there's no cell reception. Yeah. No internet. That's the lovely thing about the cottage. Not when you have clients who want to reach you. That's like, true. I just, I just can't I do it. I hate when you go to the or cottage. Yeah, yeah. It's better <laughs> when you have clients who want to reach no, you. Down, you no, know, I so. just can't from a, you know, I just, yeah. I, ju- I just can't. And then, and then it's like all the water comes from that dirty lake. And it's like, you know, you take a shower and it comes from the, the lake water. And it's like, I don't know about you. Like when I take a shower, I like a reasonable expectation. I might be cleaner at the end of the process, <laughs> not covered in fucking paramecium. It's like, I, I'm just like, the whole thing's gross to me. And it, I'm a vegetarian and it's like, it always smells like dead duck everywhere. I just like, everything about it just freaks me the fuck out. No air conditioning. It's like, you know humanity's come a long way. We've created things like air conditioning, like washing machines, like dishwashers, right? Yeah. Does your water not go through a filter system? I don't know. They claim it does. It sure looks brown and gross to me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not a cottage guy. Well, I, I, I was in a tent for six nights last Oh, summer my God. With my husband and child. And? and? I loved it. it was God nice. bless. Listen. It's subjective. I, you like it? God bless you. I have no issue with you liking it. I just, not for me. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I mean, you know, it's it's wilderness and it's yeah. not for everybody. No, it's not. But I mean, it's nice because every summer we spend most of the summer in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And I do business in Toronto. And then maybe on the weekends I'll go back to the cottage and then back to the city for the week. Right. You know, I can deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. But like my oldest son's going to be a counselor in a camp in Muskoka this summer. And it's like your hell. 
<laughs> you know, God bless. He's 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 into it. So I'm like, hey, if he's happy, I'm happy for him. It'll be the best summer. How old is he? He just turned sixteen. It'll be the best summer of his life. Counselor, oh yeah, he's 16. stoked. Yeah, he's that'd be my hell. There's really? no Wi-Fi or anything. I mean, yeah, I can't even play Xbox. <laughs> this is awful. See, I can live. I can live without that. But... Camping. Yeah. Cabins. Yeah. Come on. That'd be something when what I was a teenager. And girls. And, and girls. girls. I mean, I wasn't going to say it. I didn't want to like yeah. walk down that road, but come on. That's, that's a That would have been something I, I was, <laughs> I would have been forced to go to as a teenager and then had a, a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Oh, so you grew up in a small place. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, close well, to the big city, right. but, close, but far enough rarely, away that yeah. you weren't and I in rarely, it. I really went there. Like my childhood is like, you know, camp like, fires and fields on Saturday. Well, we used to say, you know, I knew I was from a small town because every Friday night I would babysit for our one police officer, Officer <laughs> Green, and every Saturday night I would run from him. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Because we would always be drinking around a fire yeah, in yeah. the field. Not like, we weren't like causing like bad fires, just yeah. like a little Bush thing. Bush party. And, and he, yeah, and he would chase <laughs> us. Man, what a great city to commit crime in. And uh, do you still have family there? Do you have any not, connection? To not it? in Bolton. No. no. My parents moved to Mount Forest, which is much further north. I haven't even heard of that. It's it's closer to like Grand Bend. Like it, it goes Oh, Grand way, Bend. Way, so more towards Wasaga and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So they're there and no nobody left in Bolton. Maybe an, an aunt and uncle. But I feel bad for the one guy named Michael in that city. He's never, never here. The, here's the end of it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, anything else you want to plug? Oh, well, um, well, we've talked about my podcast. Right. We've talked about my solo show. Right. Which is over now, so I guess I'm not plugging it. I'm plugging it in reverse. It was great. It's too bad you missed it. You're doing so some post promotion. <laughs> yes, I mean no, you I need to rub right it in it like really that. It really is just it just really is the the podcast right now. I yeah. am going to try to now that I know the show my my solo show that's in my head. Yeah, I think I am going to try to tour it a little bit because yeah. I got it up and running again. Sure, and that's great. It does very well and people really like it. Seems so. like a something a fringe festival would be interested in. Yeah, yeah, I did the fringe. I I won patrons pick at the fringe. Amazing. Um, but in Ontario. Yeah. So when you eventually do get on JFL, are you going to change the name of the podcast to Had It Once? Or <laughs> like, are you going to continue oh, doing it? Or Just for once, it'll become, yeah, just for, geez, just for something new. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you got to change the... That'll be like the end of season one. I love the way you're thinking, though. You're asking me questions like it's really going to happen. Like it is gonna going to happen. There, so I'll have to start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I think I'll start a new podcast, to be honest with you. Okay. I think that'll be the end. I think that would be I, a good bookend. With, yeah. with a new goal with in the title. With a new goal, and, with yeah. a new something different. I think, I'll just, I think that'll be the nice ending of that podcast. Yeah. And I think I will, I will start something new. Like a camping podcast. Yeah. Jonathan's personal hell. I, but uh, <laughs> I, think, I do think the podcast, although in a straight line, will do a little bit of going out yeah. in different directions. Because just what naturally. people are loving about it mm-hmm. is hearing the premises. And the I love that. I love the sound of that, too. Yeah. Because I like hearing about how it goes, and it's, like, it's interesting to learn about artistically what That's you're going That's what through. a lot of people are commenting yeah. on. It's interesting to hear how comedy, hear it broken down like that, because I really break it down, like mm-hmm. what's happening with the audience and what I'm going to try. And, yeah. yeah. You know, I have a question, and I don't think I've ever asked you this um 
what got you to contact us in the first place? Like, what was it that, I think we did a press release. Like, did you just happen to see the press release? Yeah, so what made you think, like, hey, this is a good idea? I think you were the first person to contact us. Oh. And since then, there's been a bunch, but obviously, yeah. but. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just that. So um, when that whole thing happened with Just for Laughs mm -hmm. um, and Sirius FM, uh, Canada Laughs, uh, you, uh, so I'm a part of um, the Canadian Associa uh, Association of Stand-Up Comedians, yes. which is an amazing new organization yes. that's yeah. helping. We've, I've kind of been talking a lot with Sandra, and, exactly. uh, and it's great. Yeah, and so making comedy an art form, and right along, because I was getting all of their um, uh, information at that time, they sent out a thing to all the comedians oh. that you guys were... I didn't even know that. That's, oh, that's nice great. of her to yeah. do that. That's great. Yeah, that you guys were looking for comedians to submit material and that that was your gesture to help find other streams of money for comics and that podcasting was one of the things that you were looking at and so I got that oh, that's email great. and I submitted. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's straight from Sandra and that Oh, that's lovely. has done so much. Like They've been very, very supportive yeah. and, um, you know, I think... It's been so interesting because I mean I'm a neophyte like I'm I'm relative newcomer to the comedy stuff so yeah. I, it wasn't like I understood what all the issues were I just was like hey let's start putting out comedy records because I love comedy I yeah. didn't really think mm -hmm. that much past that yeah so that whole JFL thing was profound in for all of us but it, really it you know for me it was like whoa like I I learned because really all it did was open up a whole bunch of can of worms like sure the station went back everybody's happy but. What's interesting about it to me is that I think it opened up a can of worms that is going to be very hard to close now. Yeah. Because it, it raised issues of, our com and this is not aimed at JFL, but it's like, you know, comics feeling disrespected, undervalued. Um, I didn't know how, that they weren't getting paid so much. Yeah. And I mean, as a label, we've always been good about that to make sure like, hey, you know, we can't always afford to pay a lot to people, but you can't expect people to... You can't make money off of people and not yeah. pay them. Like it yeah. just, the karma alone on that is so fucked. Um, so what an interesting time we're in where it's almost like there was that moment where it was like, all right, the station's going back. Yeah. And then there's post that celebration. That's like, where the fuck are we now? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck's going on? And yeah. <laughs> it's shone a spotlight. And to their credit, they did go back. I mean, when mm -hmm. does that ever happen where you raise a stink and then people actually go, I was oh, saying, I've never right. seen that happen. I've never <laughs> seen that happen It was either, one of the so. most devastatingly effective social media. Like, see, to me, there's the good side of that social media stuff. Yeah. Where, and not just because we got what we wanted, but because it really brought a pretty serious issue that very few people knew about yeah. right into the forefront yeah. of the public. Mm -hmm. And I think they had no choice at that point. Yeah. I mean, corporations don't respond to much, but they respond to bad publicity. Oh, yeah. And that's pure and simple, I yeah. think, what happened. I think when Howie Mandel got thrown into the middle of it, and this, I don't have any insider information. This is just me speculating. I got to think that had a lot to do with it, too. Because mm. I think if I'm him, and again, I don't know that this happened, yeah. but if I'm Howie Mandel, it's like... Hold on, you asked me a favor to go on Facebook and to try and. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious when you watch a Facebook thing, he didn't even know what he was talking about. Yeah. And I think he probably would have been pretty choked that he got thrown into the fire without. Yeah. And the blowback on him was so. Absolutely. Hard. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm getting my lawyer to go back to JFL yeah. and say, hey, you give them a. I mean, yeah. 
now my career's in jeopardy because it, you asked me to do a favor. And exactly. They probably went to him and were just like, you know, there's a couple of activist uh, comedians. Uh, look, do you mind going out live and, you know, being charming and telling everybody everything's going to be okay? Yeah. Little did he know. <laughs> what? It, and uh, in front of, in your... Matt, your grand stairwell. Yeah, <laughs> it you. couldn't have been planned it, worse. It didn't really. It could. It was almost. It almost was a sketch. Like it was almost yeah. funny. Well, and yeah. Awful. yeah. But I don't think so. Anyway, so so they went back. So that's good. But I think it'll be, you know, we're known for comedy, and co comedians are all constantly struggling. Like it's so mm -hmm. difficult. So I hope it's opened a door. Obviously, yeah. it has with you, and, mm -hmm. and brought awareness to other people, and. Because yeah. comics don't ask, they don't want a lot, you know? They just know. want to be able to eat. But it's interesting, right? Because when you contrast it to, say, music in Canada, like with music, there's all sorts of grants and there's all sorts of, like, there's a lot of ways to try yeah. and make it happen, even if you're not signed to a label or, yeah. you know, otherwise independently, you know, um, financially secure. Yeah. Apply to Factor, apply to Creative BC, apply to the Ontario Music Fund. Comedy's got nothing. I know nothing, but very little but that's, support. Yeah, that's changing, and if we and that's what they're trying to change as yeah. an art form, then that world of grants will open up yeah. to us if there's still grants for artists in Canada in the, over the next <laughs> few years, because right, that's changing too. It's our struggle. Yeah. All right, Joanne, thanks for coming on the thank show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's nice me. to finally meet you. Thank you for having my podcast. Oh, man, we've, here. listen, I was, it was, I'll just be honest, it was a very proud moment for us to kind of go, mm -hmm. wow, I mean, we really had this idea that it's important to open those doors, and you were the first one to walk in, so thank you. Thank I mean, you. it really, yeah. it really felt great, and it still does. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank we'll you. just keep growing it. Absolutely. Yeah. So listen to Just For Once. Until it ends when you get on And where JFL. is it available? It's available, I mean, I know for us it's available on the Comedy Here Often YouTube channel, but where else? I mean... It's on iTunes. It's on, um, is it Stitcher? Uh, it's uh, all of the platforms. Yeah. Spotify? Spotify. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially... Everywhere you, you go for a everywhere podcast. Everywhere you go for podcasts, I'm mm -hmm. on. And I don't even know because I have my one thing that I put it on and it just sends yeah. it everywhere. So I'm still learning. Yeah. yeah. I learned how to sound mix. There hey, you go. Look at, look at you. There you <laughs> go. Anyway, everywhere, everywhere. It's available everywhere. Perfect. Short answer. Thank you, Joanne. Thank, Thank you, Jonathan. You. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I've been your host, Kevin. Make sure to follow us on social media at Comedy Here Often on all platforms. And make sure to follow my guests on social media as well. Joanne O'Sullivan and Jonathan Simpkin doesn't have one for some reason. Okay, thank you. Talk to you next week. Bye.